0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But I think we're um, we're due to talk some shit about ourselves today, guys. Um, not a very good week for us, huh Sam? Uh,
1: I'm 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 more upset about my three three prediction coming to an end my had a great run and you know it was a hard-fought battle both sides you know put up a lot of goals but i yeah um i'm sad i thought i thought we were going to go the full season undefeated just because of my 3-3 goal predictions but
2: who knows maybe had
1: nothing to do with it huh who knows yeah definitely didn't go
0: that way andres um are you uh, still in a fetal position or are you feeling a little bit better?
2: I just, man, I just feel hard done by because I was coming off of, of such a emotional high because I, I decided to record the Everton match. My college roommate finally got to marry his, his now wife after a couple of delays because of COVID. So I was like, you know what? I get to enjoy this day. Tomorrow I will watch the Everton match. Chelsea will cap out a good weekend so then that kind of put a kind of just a hiccup on my weekend and then I go into mid I think oh Wolves is struggling we got this and then Chelsea totally ruined my day couldn't even cheer myself up during FIFA during a FIFA sesh I had earlier
1: damn that's how low you were huh not even FIFA <laughs> can get you back up on your feet
2: And I haven't played FIFA in a week, so you know that this game really hit me deep.
1: Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, because the last three matches for Chelsea, two losses and then the draw against Krasnodar, you know, of course, that and that was our B team. But, you know, our B team, I mean, it was like a a B-plus team. team. It was like a B-plus team because we did have Mm -hmm. a lot of starters out there. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know... Against lesser competition, we haven't looked we haven't looked great, great these past three games. But you know, throughout the season against the top ten, we haven't won yet. Zero wins, three draws, two losses. And then if you want to add Wolves, who now are currently sitting in tenth, that's three losses. Um, and uh, we haven't scored a single goal against a top ten team either. But I don't know, Zach. Do you think there's a reason why? we seem to be struggling versus the big clubs in the premier league. I don't know if he could pinpoint
0: an exact reason why, I mean, I I look back at probably the most recent important match against Spurs. We weren't necessarily too fussed with the nil, nil draw. So I think, you know, it's, it's easy to look in hindsight and say, Oh yeah, we haven't done it before, but against the big boys, we haven't gotten blown off, um, you know, um, uh, played off the park yet um we had a decent result against spurs you know a couple of weeks ago i don't think it's the end of the world just for you know just so i can throw that out there um in case anyone thinks it's going to be that kind of podcast it's not um but to me honestly i think it's a little bit of fixture pile up and then um you know the lack of of, of rotation and, and and i know you can throw the crass in our game at me and say you know we rotated players in it, that match but we played eight matches in the month of December, and I know we were going to get to that in a bit, but I think that could be hugely attributed to to what we saw today, um, more specifically against Wolves in the second half, where our energy levels just completely dropped off. Um, but no, uh, look, it, it, this isn't a cause for concern. Um, you know, the the top ten of the Premier League is is definitely still up for grabs I, the premier league title is still up for grabs so to say the top 10 i'm, I'm sure 15 teams have rotated in those top 10 spots already so it's not really it, it's not really a telling stat i guess you can say but andres are you worried about this stat or is it just kind of like a coincidental one that's
2: not really uh, I, i'm getting worried I, i'm gonna be honest i'm getting worried because it's it's year two now of the of the Lampard and the Helms, and I know last year we can give him a pass due to all the you know his first year in the Premier League no no transfers et cetera, yeah. which is understandable year one, but to be where we're at and to be told you know you mentioned the Tottenham game before the Tottenham game, I told you guys that I wasn't sure if we were contenders yet, and you guys are like nah you're you're overthinking it." And yes, we tied Tottenham, so we can play up to that level. But we have yet to show that we can beat the big boys. Simple as that. We didn't beat uh, Liverpool, and you can argue, yes, there was a red card. But the matter of fact is we didn't beat Liverpool. We didn't beat an Everton team that, in theory, had already lost its flame from early in the season. And we drew a dead United team, because they were dead that day, We drew Tottenham, which that one – that's the one result that I think I can swallow. But then the other draw was the Southampton 3-3, which we completely let them back in the game. So this is – these are the the kind of things that differentiate a contender from a pretender. We're still not there yet, and I think that it is frustrating and it is a cause of concern because from the beginning we knew there was going to be a pileup of of fixtures – and from the beginning, we knew that we only had three wingers on this squad. I mean, as a manager and as a coaching staff, you know what you have in there. And so it's it's funny to me that last season, we were so – or Lampard thought our team was so tactically fluid and he would change formations and starting 11s every week that now when, unfortunately, because of the pileup, of, because of the injuries that you're alluding to, he's now not doing that tactically to fit the players he has in front of him. And that's my big concern. That's Uh, what's worrying me right now. Andres,
1: you're saying you don't think we're contenders, but I look across the premier league and I'm seeing teams dropping points left and right. And you know, like what you're saying, the issue is with Chelsea. I think every team in the premier league has the same issue. I mean, there's five points separating all the teams in the top half of the table. Like Tottenham yeah. has twenty five, and Wolves in tenth with twenty, you know. So I I won't rule us out as contenders for the title this season because it's still it's it's been as wide open as it's ever been um, since you know the inception of the Premier League, honestly. And I mean, I won't rule us out as contenders because we we as a talent perspective, we are one of the top teams in the Premier League and you know there's some things that we can nitpick at and we'll t- we'll get into it when we get into the wolves recap but i, I still i still think we're contenders right oh, i mean is, it, is that, I, no. I mean
2: we're in it we're we're in it and let me let me just kind of clarify i guess the the, the issues that bug me aren't pandemic and pileup related which is what's causing like you said for us to still be in it because if we were in a regular season my issues with this current team and the way it's being handled is is something that would make us be far more behind but you
1: but yeah. you even said that one of the, re- the the main reason why is because of the injuries and the congestion of the of the yeah. schedule like there's I, a lot that, I still there's think there's
0: a lot that goes into it I'm...
1: yeah <sighs> are we going to do this are we
0: going to open up this uh this can of worms now because i've, Which I've one? been waiting
1: We can either open up the Wolves Can of Worms or the Frank Can (laughs) of Worms. Let's start off with the Wolves. But before we get into that, just talking about congestion, like even upcoming schedule. We have West Ham on Monday. Arsenal on Boxing Day at Arsenal. That's four days of rest. Then we play Villa on Monday, the following Monday. That's one day of rest. And then we play at home against City the following Sunday, which is five days of rest. So that's four league matches in less than two weeks. Plus we're coming off of six matches in a little less or a little over two weeks. So we'll end up playing eight matches in the month of December. And, you know, we don't have any wingers right now. We, we really have one winger. Christian Pulisic is our only natural winger right now. And it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Frank. Well, let's, let's talk about wolves right now. Um, so starting 11, no surprises. Uh, Mendy and Gold, Reese James, Zuma, Silva and Chilwell in the back line, Havertz, Conte and Mount in the midfield. And then Werner Giroud, and Polisic up front. Uh first half finished uh nil-nil draw. Uh we had zero shots on target. Um uh, you know that that's that's a two two half run if you count the second half of Everton um where we had zero targets on zero shots on target um so that's 90 minutes in a row without a shot on target if you want to count the last match uh but again dominating possession um last match we were in the 70s um i, I forget what the numbers were at halftime for this match but you know it really looked like Pulisic and Conte were the only players uh fully up for the match i mean Pulisic played phenomenal in my opinion um you he know did what he could yeah with, with the circumstances but i mean right. i mean we, we, we can get into more about his positioning but i want to start off with with the bad before we get into the good the germans um because it, it needs to be talked about i i just don't know what's going on right now i think obviously the first starting point is timo werner on the wing it's just not working right now um you know he's 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 missing chances galore and this has been his longest run without a goal since 2016 uh he just doesn't seem to be in the right place um when the crosses come in and you know he's in the back post it just just looks shocked when the ball gets to him and he's missing like just easy sitters and it i don't know how much it has to do with where he his you know where he's standing on the pitch or what but I mean, we got a lot of questions on Twitter about uh, Frank's decision making and putting Werner uh, as a winger, not not just in general, but putting Werner on the left over Pulisic. I mean, Zach, w- w- what do you think about Frank's decision making in this? I thought he was
0: I thought he was right to start Pulisic on the left um, initially when the game kicked off. And that was a that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like, okay, he's 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 really not messing around. I think he, you know, finally kind of realized that we're better served that way. Um, but now looking into, you know, what he did in the second half, where he swapped Werner back onto the left hand side, Pulisic on the right. That's really when Wolves started to get on the front foot, and they kind of stopped being scared of us. And I think having Pulisic on the left hand side prevented from from getting forward, um, who's their quicker, more athletic fullback. Um, If you look at Wolves' pattern of play, um, is actually the more attacking fullback down that right-hand side um, in terms of breaking into the final third. So if you want Pulisic, um, or or if you want to pin Wolves' attack back, you keep Pulisic on that left-hand side and let him keep doing what he's doing. Second, he moved to the right. Tomato started getting forward. Now different spaces started opening up, and 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 the game obviously got stretched. It's it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you go, um, how has he not really seen that? You know, I mean, I remember what was it around the 80th minute, um, right before Wolves got their second. Thinking to myself, okay, any second now we're going to see Pulisic flip flop, uh, flip flop with with Timo again and and Pulisic's going to finish the game on the left. He has to, there's no other way. And unfortunately it didn't pan out like that. Um, But Andres, uh, I mean, Pulisic clearly on the left, but if, if we still have no wingers and this is my, this is my gripe with this is as much as I want to play Timo up, up the middle. If we do that without having Cho, without having ZS and really only having Pulisic, does that mean Mason Mount has to go back out wide if we no, really no, no. want to get something out of Timo? No. So just um, for the time being.
2: So so first off, before we just pile on the negative uh, on Timo, even though that is all we can talk about now and the game today was god-awful, I'm not going to forgive him for today. But I, I wish we could show graphics while we talk, but Sam yeah. found this great heat map of Timo Werner's match, and he barely is inside of the opponent's box. Barely, he is mostly on the outside corner of the box. And I just decided to look up while we're recording his heat map of his season with uh Red Bull for a full season. And of the yellow orange parts of the pitch, about a third, if not more, is inside the box. It is leaning slightly left, but it's inside the box, and that's what his role is. And Timo Werner is a fantastic player. Technically speaking, he's quick. He's got a good touch and all that. But I guess this falls more into the Lampard thing. So I'll, I'll stick to the to his performance today. The, the man is it gets into the box for crosses, but coming from a wide position, if the ball misses the forward or the front road front post run, it's almost as if he doesn't expect it to make it all the way to the back post for him. And then he reacts too late. I think that also you talk about pinning back Samedo. Timo Werner is not a a 1v1 break your ankles. He's going to embarrass you and that's how he's going to get past you kind of player. He does that by his off the ball runs. And because of the way we play, him at the wing is not working. Because again, has he lined up wide of a forward before in previous in his career? Yes, he has played off of a forward. But he's not the widest player ever. He had wingbacks that were there to provide the width, and he was there to cover the half spaces and make direct runs off of his forwards. We are asking him to do something he has not done before. Period. He's now shown us that he can't do it. And that happens with players. We tried putting David Luiz in a back four for bajillions of years, and it worked for maybe a two-thirds of a season with Sari some things don't translate from position to position. And Timo right now is in a position where he's, I think his confidence is getting shot and it's getting worse and worse as the weeks go by. Cause this has been a gradual thing.
0: This is one of those situations though. And and this is what I'm worried about is the more he plays there, the worse it's going to get.
2: And And I I guess like what I'm trying to avoid is is getting redundant. So talking tactically, I'll get to when we talk about Frank and the choices he can make. But Mm -hmm. in terms of what he's doing right here, I think that playing him as a true winger, which is what we play with, is the wrong move. If you're telling me that you're going to tell Chilwell that he needs to be up the pitch and provide width and an outlet wide every single time, and you let Timo drift centrally, I say, hey, maybe we can get a solution there. But based on the heat map, based on what we saw today, that is not what the instructions are. He wasn't getting and it's, those positions, and and it's not, it's not making him look good. Uh, yeah. fan, fans are upset. Timo's confidence is getting shot, and and yeah, like you said, if we keep doing this, it's only going to get worse for him.
0: I mean, I guess when you play a team that deploys a back three, um, granted this was Wolves. This is actually Wolves' first game playing a back three in a while, but um, they played one today, and you know, looking at the heat map when you're looking at one of your wide players andres you want the channels to be the red hot spots but the only red hot spot i see on timo's heat map is damn near close to the touchline yeah um, it's, it where is the st- touchline he was standing
2: still where he <laughs> yeah, was standing so, still by the way ball dead he is not in a full sprint mm-hmm.
0: yeah and, and and this is the thing like what do you do you know we, we have this injury cr- crisis i guess you could call it it's not really a crisis because they're not long term injuries but they are nagging injuries. Uh, Frank said that you know, there's a possibility that we can go without Zsh or show until Boxing Day. So that's what? Another two matches? Two or three matches, some. Well, what did the schedule—or three matches? Yeah.
2: No, Boxing Day is just two. two. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah, two yeah, ma- yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so two matches. So between now and then, we have to find a solution. Frank has to find a solution because— our bright and shiny new signing both of them actually aren't aren't producing
1: um when you look at his numbers that? when you look at his numbers from last year uh he he actually wasn't like a clinical finisher he did miss a lot of shots a lot of big chances and you know he did get a lot of goals as well but um that's just because he put himself into position a lot uh, to score and obviously he's not going to be able to do that as a winger this season. I'm I'm less worried about Timo at this point than I am about Kai Havertz to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um and I am going to say
0: one thing about Timo though really quick mm-hmm. before before yeah. we move on to Kai Havertz. So um in his last four matches um he only had 11 shots. That should tell you everything you need to know about Timo. And he averaged one.
2: five shots last season per match. Yeah. Again. Yeah.
0: yeah. He, he, he spammed shots last,
1: ma- last he's season. A- he's averaging less than two per match this season. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, so, yeah. so obviously if the amount of shots goes up, the amount of goals will go up. Um, and the, that,
2: where the shots are being taken from as well. Right. I mean, <laughs> he
0: is. Yeah, it's true. And, and and he is one of those guys that's a high volume player. Like, you know, you got to give him. Mm chances on chances on chances for him to produce numbers that's a given but he's really not getting that many chances and playing at the wing you can't use the excuse he's not getting service because the midfield playing behind him is exceptional his fullbacks exceptional whether he's playing on either flank yeah so what's the excuse there you know what i mean when you're playing on the wing it's that position where you got to take matters into your own hands and you got to be the source of creativity on your own if all else fails and unfortunately, everything else failed, and he can't really produce that, that individual creativity that we see guys like Pulisic or Hazard do.
1: Mm-hmm. So w- let's move on to Kai. Um, it seems that I mean I don't I don't know if this is actually the truth or if it's just an ex like uh, an excuse we want to give him, but COVID clearly has taken a toll on him. Um, he's just not looking. I don't know. He 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 played in the ten, in the eight role today, obviously, and he 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 normally plays at the ten or as a striker or right before, right behind a striker as a center forward. But um, See him as a wing. Yeah, I mean the wing hasn't wasn't pretty either, but um I don't know for for me what I saw from Kai Havertz today was really poor decision making. I mean I'm looking through his numbers right now. He had one dribble attempt, zero successful, nine ground ground duels, zero one, four aerial duels, one one, zero shots total in the whole match, no key passes one one cross, none of them it wasn't accurate uh he he was he wasn't fouled once he's a guy who normally when he's dribbling the ball, he likes to draw a couple fouls i mean i can't I can't tell what the source of of, of of this play is Andreas. I mean, is, is he a victim of being too stuck on what the coaches are asking from him in terms of his new role as an eight, or is it COVID or is it confidence? What 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 do you think's going on with him right now?
2: I honestly think that The timing of the COVID couldn't have been any worse because that's when our team started really gelling and he could have Mm -hmm. kind of furthered relationships on the pitch. And then he comes back and, oh, those pieces that you were playing with ahead of time, they're now gone too because they're hurt. So I think that does play a part. But I think the big issue here is that transition to the eight rule. And I think that will he eventually master it? Yes. But I think right now he's trying potentially too hard to be a traditional eight than to make the eight have a taste of Kai Havertz. You don't see the look of the tenacity of his dribbling that you see when he's at the 10, or that we see from the highlights of his time at Leverkusen. You don't see him, again, heat map in front of us, getting into and around the box. Most of his spacing right now was wide of the box between essentially the halfway line and the opposition's box. He is not pushing the envelope to get to that final killer ball. And in my head, it it must be that, again, he's 20 years old, so he's going to take coaching to heart at this point. You've never heard anything about him not listening and that sort of thing. So my thought process is that he is trying so hard to be an eight that he is shutting off his instinct, his nature – and it is showing on the pitch. He does not look like the player we saw. Because at the beginning of the season, let's paint a, a clearer picture, when he was playing the 10, our team was shit, but he looked good.
0: He had he had moments. Uh, again, he had moments.
2: The, the, yeah. everything around him was shit, but the ball mm-hmm. got to him. He got it. He had his moments. He even had yeah. moments. We can't Arm- even say he had a moment today.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and again, he, just last week, Or or, Yeah, just last week, he played out in the wing. So another guy that's playing left, right, center, back, forward, that's not helpful. And again, I really think that whatever instructions, tactically speaking, are being given to our eights, he is following them way too close to the writing. While you see Mason Mount still do his Mason Mount things and get a little central, maybe sneak into the box, take a shot from distance. And I think that just comes with maturity and getting more familiar with the position. So I, I'm not going to start worrying just yet. I feel like this is growing pains. I just think s- circumstantially, it just couldn't have come at a worse time.
1: And and if a natural winger like Mason Mount can play that eight role, no, I'm just kidding, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> is that, is that like out of the question at this point? I mean, no, like, like, it's like not. we have one healthy winger right now in Pulisic. Ziesh and Cho out a couple more weeks. Um, I mean, like, I, I, again, I think a lot or a a partial blame for Timo's dip in form is just how much he's playing. He's playing like a 490 almost every match. Um, and, you know, it's just like, I think, I think, uh, Ron aka Bone Daddy Cool aka Bone Daddy Deluxe aka Bone Daddy Supreme he in his question he made a good point he said is Frank trying to put the best players out there to play whatever position he needs them to and not where they should be like is that the reason why we lost you know I, and i think yeah I, I think that has i mean like you 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 see like you know you have Timo Werner you have Giroud who's in great form you can't sit
2: like you, 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 can't you can't sit, sit Giroux. You can't sit yeah, Giroux because
1: right. he's been a guy who's been scoring for us in the last couple of weeks. And
2: he scored again today, we can't forget that. He
0: right. so we, we we have to keep playing him.
1: And and right. Timo is, you know, your big signing who like, you know, you, you I mean we, we we could hypothetically change our formation, play with two strikers. Please. <laughs> I mean that would be great.
0: That would like, be that would that would be fucking awesome. We but, actually but...
1: did get a question about that, but yeah, go ahead Zach. Zach. I'm
0: going I'm to throw something crazy out there. Whoa. Um, don't hate me. I know a lot of people will probably jump on it. Um, I mean, this is the first season where Frank obviously gets to dive into the checkbook and, and then sign the players he wants. And, and I think clearly he did get the players he wants because we weren't really linked with much else. These were all option number A, and we pretty much nailed all of them. Could it be a little bit of Frank – Having maybe a little bit of trouble managing, um, managing them personally,
2: I, to make I them it's... feel
0: comfortable, make them make them maybe feel embedded. Because like Andres is saying, you know, mm. w- we're looking at Kai Havertz on the pitch, and the eye test is going to tell you like he really has no idea what he's doing. If you watched him today, you'd be very hard pressed to find a clip or even a sequence of events that tells you that he felt comfortable doing what he was doing. Um, but you'd also be hard be pressed a to find a, that though.
1: Like you'd be like, hard pressed to find a clip a... of like a player saying anything negative about, how frank has been managing them i mean no, i think no. i think it's inter- interpersonal interpersonal skills right like no 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 making them yeah, yeah, feel yeah. comfortable I,
0: i'm talking about interpersonal skills but i'm not saying like making kai havertz feel like he's welcome at the club i don't think that's an issue at all i think frank is you know like pretty much there with open arms for the most part what i'm saying is making them feel comfortable with their role on the pitch okay. is because it does tie into your question a little bit and that's why mm-hmm. i'm bringing this up is you know he is clearly trying to put the most talented players on the pitch at the same time there's i don't think there's a question um but is it is it a matter of him maybe being wedded to playing with these two attacking eights you know right. and, and playing with natural wingers because at that point you're taking one of our shiny new signings and putting him out on the wing when he should be playing at the number 9 and then you're taking our second shiny signing and you're taking him out of the preferred 10 and putting him into like this hybrid pseudo eight. And,
1: and you're also that, putting arguably our best offensive player in Christian Pulisic in his unnatural position as well yeah, to accommodate for Werner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're those, putting Pulisic all three on, of those.
0: I mean, the list the list kind of goes on and on and on and on. And like in the beginning of the season, he caught on with Conte. You know, he played Conte a little higher up early on and we were like, uh-oh. And then towards the end of last season, he was like, he, he, he's a six. And now Conte's comfortable there. Maybe he's starting to feel it out a little with Kai and Timo. That's that's my hope. But I mean, we, we gotta hit rock bottom before it gets better. And to be honest, guys, I don't think it could get any fucking worse than it did today. So Zach,
1: we play Arsenal in in a week, okay? Oh, no, we'll, <laughs> no, we'll be so, fine. So, that, that would so, uh, be rock bottom.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't think if the matches
0: inter- at the if the matches at the Emirates, we'll get an own goal from Aubameyang. <laughs> <So> we're already <laughs> going into
2: it one 0 up, and hopefully he doesn't celebrate it. But um, uh, shout out to anyone that knows that reference to Tony Kroos. But anyway, um, I don't <laughs> think it's an interpersonal skills thing. I think that, again, Lampard is a naive manager at this stage. He is not at his final product. And here's the thing. You're right, Zach. The 4-3-3 has worked fantastic so far when everybody is in the right place. Mm-hmm. I think that – I. I We've had this discussion before. Pulisic is a winger, yes, but he is a left winger. When you perfect the trait of where you are in the pitch, where you don't even have to look up to know where you are or where your teammate is, and you can do your skill move, you know how much space you have, it is automatic. The moment you put that player in the opposite side or central, now he has to actually take the time to think about things that usually he just made happen. So now Pulisic, if he dribbles towards his right, he can't pull the trigger with the inside of his foot because the mm-hmm. curl on it is going to miss the goal altogether. If he does take a touch too far around the player, he's now putting himself in a corner, not towards the box. So you're hindering you're – already, you are already hindered Werner by putting him out wide and asking him to be a natural winger. But now on top of that, you also want to hinder Pulisic by putting him on the right side rather than the left. We scored – when Pulisic was primarily on the left, in the run of play that it happened, it was w- like a slight switch for like just what was happening. Chilwell gets the space, he crosses it in. But the moment that the goal came, Pulisic stayed on the right for the final 25 minutes, and we created nothing. That should be enough tape for Frank Lampard not to make that mistake again, you would hope. You talk d- about—go ahead, Tom.
1: I just say I do have hope for that because— throughout the season, he's been making adjustments and, you know, we've, we've, we've complained about certain players playing in certain positions and he's made adjustments. And, right. you know, so I, I I'm not, I, I'm far from Frank out. I mean, I don't know. No, no, no. I, and, and I'm not for even getting sure, to that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm not saying you will. I'm just saying I still have faith in him. I mean, there it's, it's okay to question his decision-making right now. And, you know, I mean, to be completely honest, if I'm, if I'm in his position, I don't know how different of a starting 11 I would put out given the players that we had right now. Like maybe we can change up formation a little bit, but yeah. the 4-3-3 has been, been phenomenal for us so far. So
2: And I think that that's what needs to change because I, I mentioned it earlier in the reaction post we posted on Instagram. Yeah, that's a plug. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, you put out this 11, just change what you ask each player to do. You can put out this 11 and play a 4-2 four, four, box midfield, and you tell Reese James, who I don't know if we have hit his heat map up here, but I'm sure his heat map shows that he played almost like he was a right winger, and you tell Kai to stay more central. You t- tell Plisic to keep covering those half spaces and drift wide of the two forwards, and you have Timo playing off of Giroud, and it's those are slight changes. Where the players get to be closer to their natural position. And and all it's changing is perhaps their full 90 minute game responsibilities, but it's still close to the 433 shape. And and I think that's where Lampard needs to do a little bit of tweaking because we're not asking him to blow up the system. The way we're building the ball out from the back is working. It's just it kind of hits a, a halt. When we get to the front, because again, Havertz is not getting himself into the box. You're now forcing Pulisic to play a la Ziyech and whip crosses in instead of getting into the box to, for receiving those crosses. You're well, asking yeah. Werner to get in from a wide area rather than from a directly central area to get into his shots. The only guy right now in that attack that is getting to do what he likes is Giroud and Mason Mount. That's it. And when you see that as a manager, you need to make just – slight changes. We're not blowing up the four three three. That's gonna be just fine when we have our players. It's just I remember Conte used to say that a manager has to be a tailor based on what he's given. And I think Lampard's just being slightly naive and going with the tactics that have worked when everyone is healthy when mm-hmm. we're obviously not there right now.
1: Okay. Um how about Zach? We got a question from uh Kurt Lear at uh, vigil bruin he, andreas mentioned this but he asked with only Polistic available as a winger why not try the 442 i mean what are your thoughts on deploying a 442 and who, who, like who would you like to see in what positions
0: i wouldn't like 442 it? whatsoever i actually think that that would be my counter to playing this you know 433 um you can you can either you, you can have it two ways. You can play a flat 4-4-2 where you know you have two natural center mids, a, a natural right mid, a, lock, a natural left mid, and then you know two forwards. Or you can play a diamond. Um, you know, similar to the midfield three we have now, you just add a natural 10 and two strikers instead of two wingers and a striker. Um, I think either or would work. To be honest, I think a flat 4-4-2 might uh, suit us best because it'll allow Timo to play as a false nine if he plays as one of those two and you could also have him playing off of uh Giroud. So I think the combination of, you know, hold up play and, you know, bursting speed with Timo would be would be great. You could even have Timo sitting on the back shoulder of of the other op- of the opposition center back and just have him picking out his runs and just burning people for pace. And and that and that's probably what he should be doing anyways. That's that's him at his best. In that situation, you probably have Pulisic out on a right wing or a right mid, um, or, or possibly on a left, like Andres said, cutting in, creating. Um, and then on the right-hand side, you would have uh, you know, Kai Havertz probably doing much of the same. And then what that does when you have two players that are cutting in on opposite flanks, it opens up the wings for your fullbacks to bomb forward, similar to what they did in the 4-3-3. So to Andres' point, you're asking players to p- perform similar roles. You're putting them in positions where they'd be able to do so. Yeah, maybe you have a guy like Kai Havertz who, who, who might be playing out of position or might get dropped um, in general. You could play Mason Mount on the right and have you know, and Kante sitting in the midfield. Um, but either way, you're getting your best attacking player in Pulisic, one of your best attacking players, in his natural position. You're getting another one of your best attacking players, two of them, in Giroud and and uh and Werner in their natural positions as well. And you're not really moving much or m- much around. You know what you're going to get from Mason Mount if you play him out wide. You're going to get that work rate and that solidity. That'll be great for when Reece James bombs forward. Um And, and Mason Mount could even tuck inside in that point um, and, and go back to that midfield three when we have the ball. So there's there's a lot of options here. And I and it it sounds super confusing explaining it on a podcast, but you know, the point is there's no reason to stay wedded to two attacking eights um, and you know two natural wingers. There's no reason in staying wedded to that, especially when we have you know the injuries and and the circumstances that we do. Yeah. So the four four two would probably be suited best, Andres. I'm gonna go um, at four four two. I'll have Mason Mount out on the right. I'm dropping Kai Havertz, Pulisic on the left, and uh, Werner and, and Giroud up top with Kovacic and Conte holding it down in the midfield. I think that could easily be be hybrid into uh, a, a pseudo four three three like we did have, where Mason Mount can tuck in, Reece James yeah. could push up, and 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 Werner could you know um, pick out the spaces in between the lines. So, I oh, mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, now my counter to this question, and Andres, this is this might be this is a great. question. For you because I know how much you'll love it what about the back three is that so, is that is that done
2: so i I think so because you're we're already talking about our issue is not conceding it's scoring yeah. and and in this what you talked about in transition this very much feels like a back three because kante is nowhere near the attack so Conte is slightly ahead of a tiago and Zuma who are pushing wide because Reese and uh, Chilwell are pushing forward so that they can be the backwards pass down the flank. So on the ball, it looks like a back three. Like yeah. when we have the ball, when we're deep pin, like pinning the opponent back, we have three players back already. So mm-hmm. I don't think you have to line up with three in the back to get that. You have Conte drop between the two center backs. You have, like you said, even in your 4-4-2 with Mount Mount pinches in, to join Kovacic in the midfield to give options to recycle possession or make a late run. And then what you do is you have uh, Polisic not be a winger, but an inside forward to work off of both Timo and and, and Giroud. And Chilwell and Reese do what they keep doing. They, the, the fullbacks' roles hasn't changed one bit in any of these formations. They are still getting deep and getting their asses back on defense the moment we lose the ball. So, again, it's a... Football is a fluid game. It's just about what you're asking your players to do. So our issue is not per se where he, Frank is potentially play, putting the pa- person on paper. It's just what he's asking them to do. So lining them up in the four four two, we can pull up a heat map afterwards, and you'll see Mason Mount is still going to drift centrally. He is not just going to be in the flanks. And I think that's kind of what we're aiming at, especially right now, like Kurt is alluding to, the fact that Politica is our only winger. We should not be asking players to be acting like natural wingers.
1: I mean, we saw today, like, the whole entire game plan was to play up the touchline. Like, we had four or five players bunched up on the left or the right side, interplay, trying to get one of the fullbacks up the ball to deliver a cross. Um, And I think that's partially due to Wolves deploying a 3-4-3. And, but... I I I mean, getting to the same tactics over and over again of just kind of like spamming the ball in and you know hoping for Giroud's beautiful head to you know meet the end of it and end the back of the goal. Like, like yeah, there are some quality crosses, uh, you know, amongst those balls that have been coming in. But uh, I I think we need to try to make a, mo- a a better effort of trying to attack through the middle because we do have a lot of talent in the midfield. And I do think that, you know, Kai Havertz especially is a very creative option out there. Um, but, I mean, uh, like Timo Werner, he's he's not the creative type, I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. He, he, he should be a poacher. But, I mean, he, he has been in a poor run of form. We actually got a question from uh, Adam B at Brew underscore Daddy on Twitter. He says, why is Frank playing Timo every, every match when he's clearly a negative? Uh, so, I mean, you you mentioned the four four two. Is that something that we could run with Giroud and Tammy instead? And, Andreas, what do you think about that?
2: So, I, I agree with Adam to an extent. I do not want to see Timo in a winger role. That is the last thing that needs to be happening right now. We alluded to it earlier. Giroud has to start. And I actually liked what you said that we need to create more up the middle. And I don't think that Giroud alone can do that because he's not very mobile up the middle. And I also don't think Giroud and Tammy together can do that because I feel Tammy is, is slowly trying to play other people off of him first before creating for himself. So if you're going to put quote-unquote, two immovable objects in the middle, then you're really asking the two outside midfielders or the three midfielders behind them to do a lot more work. So I would rather it be Giroud and Timo, at least give that a shot before shooting it down. I just think, much like earlier this season where we campaigned for Mount not to play out wide, I think that's the new campaign. Put Timo in central position. Do not ask him to go... Hog the sidelines because it is not benefiting himself or the team.
0: Yeah, likewise. I have to agree,
1: man, <laughs> <laughs> is that your full answer? Like, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it is just one of those things. I am I am gonna throw this out there. Um, a lot of these Twitter questions are like super negative sounding, and I don't really like. I I, I don't really appreciate that. I don't think I don't think Werner is a negative. He hasn't been a negative for us. If you look at his whole body of work since he joined, it's just right now, you know. He hit a dip in form. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit exaggerated. But but keep in mind to whoever is listening, a lot of these questions did come in right after the match ended. Yeah, so everyone was
1: emotional, there is, and
0: everyone is everyone's emotions were high, so that's why you know. And I think, but I think
1: it's here. a it's a fair. These are all it fair questions. It is a fair question.
0: They're like, all
1: fair, yeah. We yeah, wouldn't have fair. included if it was in a fair question. Like I I it, and it's it's something that even neutrals watching will be able to pick up on. Like Timo Werner playing on the wing, that's just not working out. Kai Havertz not looking his best, like uh just the form the the, the, the tactics that Frank deployed today did not work against this team. Um but I don't know. For me, I I wouldn't mind seeing Timo Werner sitting out a match. Uh, I I mean if if he if he, obviously until we get ZS back, come
0: down to that.
1: Yeah, until we get U- ZS back,
0: ultimately it
1: should. Yeah. I mean, can we even play like? Can we play Timo, kind of like a center forward or even like a cam, like just so he's not on on the wing i mean is that uh, is that too,
2: i know like but, it, but, playing but, playing but wingers out of position talking about
0: we're talking about square pegs and round holes i mean that's
2: if basic. anything if we're going to give timo a break then i think we need to come to to terms that then maybe you're going to ask kai to be the shadow striker in this situation. Yeah. yeah like i as much as the question essentially is asking like why I keep playing the two germans that are out of form based on who we have available one or the other still would need to start. However, whatever role you want to put them in. I think, unfortunately, like, due to the fact that both ZH and Sho are hurt, Timo or Kai will have to start. And it's up to the coaching staff to figure out which one of those guys' confidence is less shot and which one of those guys can they help the most in the next game slash which of those guys can help the team the most in the next game. It's it's not – we don't have all the answers, but – yeah, Timo or Kai will start this weekend. I I can put my bank account yeah, on it right one of, now. One of them will for sure. <laughs> but you
0: know, you know the thing is and based on the sample size that we saw and and what he did at Leipzig and looking at all the metrics and all everything. Timo's best served playing in a central role where he's where you're not necessarily restricting him to solely making runs in behind or being solely a false nine. But you kind of tell him, feel the game out and, and just kind of do what you do. He's one of those players where you just kind of hand him the reins and and and, the, and he finds the match. You, you guys see what I'm saying? It's not necessarily a, a a tactical decision to throw Timo in there because all he's going to do is this. He kind of does a little bit of everything. And if you look at his role at Leipzig, they played him off a target man, where he was able to find the game based on you know who the opposition was and, and what was presented to him. And most of the time, he was playing off of a guy like Schick, who is similar to Giroud, where in the sense that you know he's gonna, he's going to win every single aerial duel that he goes up that he goes up against. And Timo was feeding off of that. And if you look at his stats from last season, I mean they're ridiculous. And largely in part playing off of a target man. If it wasn't Schick, it was Poulsen. So, you know, if if Timo does get dropped, and this is what I'm trying to get to, when he does get introduced back into the team, and I think he does need to get dropped at some point, but when that moment comes where we need to put him back into the team, we need to put him into a role similar to what he had at Leipzig only. You know, here's what you're going to do. You know, um, you're going to play up top, and feel the game out give him a run of matches three or four or five matches and see what he can produce up there because we haven't seen anything from him up top zero absolutely nothing and if that means switching to formation so he can play off of a target man like uh um his name's escaping me but uh, the gentleman that asked a 442 question kurt, kurt. yeah l- l- just like kurt asked it was a great question but if, th- if that's what it has to come down to th- then i'm completely okay with it because the fact of the matter is, if we can unlock the best of, of Timo Werner, we have a 25 goal a season striker on our hands. That's just the fact. If we can unlock and and then that's one that's only one step. Keep in mind, we still got to get the best out of Havertz. When we get the best out of Havertz, that's another 20 plus goals and assists contribution a season. Now all of a sudden, we're really title favorites instead of you know being just in the race or just one of the horses in the race. So. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's my team over it. I've been dying to get that out, but I mean, I want <laughs> to, I want to I I go on. a. I, I do think he needs to get dropped at some point. He needs a rest. I mean, for a after, match or two, we, after right. we conceded the first goal. Yeah. For a match. Um, after we conceded the first goal against wolves, the energy levels, were gone and at one point tiago silva had to yell at him at one point tiago silva yelled at him for not tracking back on defense or tracking a runner
2: it, not just that he, then gave, timo he gives up back. the foul he gives yeah. up the foul then the foul gets taken quickly timo can't be other than the british say can't be arsed yeah. to get his ass back mm-hmm. and yeah and, and no no and having then, none of it
0: and then right after that happened andres if if you watch it back the ball gets like deflected and timo if he reacts to it right away he, he wins that ball or right? he at least has a chance yeah. he doesn't react to it and tiago snapped at him again so it, it you know it's, it's it's a pattern here we were talking about timo's work rate early on in the season and how we were pretty impressed with you know he, he tracks back he, he does the hard yards he's not doing it anymore and that that doesn't go down to confidence or anything that that's fatigue because that's mm. a natural part of his game he's a high energy player why else would he not be tracking back in those situations?
1: I need to go on a little rant here, real quick, because when I went on Twitter after the match, I saw a lot of Chelsea fans giving up hope on these two players, oh, and man. I I need, I I know what the source of it is. Honestly, it's it's all of these trolls p- taking their shot at Chelsea. It's United fans, Tottenham fans, Arsenal fans. I mean they have it so bad right now that they can take they, they they want any chance they can get to take a shot on at us because they're jealous of where we're at right now. I mean first of all, I don't know why any of those fans are watching football on a Tuesday Thursday nights are reserved for man United Tottenham and Arsenal okay you guys are all in Europa League okay United <laughs> just got eliminated from Champions League. Arsenal just lost to to Burnley, a relegation side. Like it, it doesn't get any lower than that. They are like five points. They're two matches away from relegation. That's that's as low it is. And Spurs, oh man. I mean, I, I don't even have to say anything about Spurs. Like it's just it speaks. We for know itself. it's
0: coming. At, we know at some point in the back of our heads, it's coming for Spurs.
1: For sure, I mean, I'm talking about just Spurs fans, like what they've been through. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they have, they have no room to talk. And I think that a lot of people are frustrated by seeing it and just saying, you know what, fuck these guys. Like they, these Kai Havertz and Werner are giving these other fans an opportunity to shit on us. So in that, in Chelsea fans' mind, it's like we got to get these guys out of here. But no, don't give in to them. They are way below us. In both skill, talent, good looks, everything, we 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 dominate them. It's it's not even close. So just yeah. just just ignore them because that's that's the only chance that they'll have to shit on us this season. The, the you know is like everyone else been,
0: Or I think it is. is it is it a little bit of like Murata vibes? Because, because oh, yeah. when I was we scrolling through Twitter afterwards, sure. I saw a lot of comparisons between, you know, a lot of our big money signings that didn't necessarily work out the way we liked and Werner and, and, and Havertz. And, you know, uh, from the perspective of Werner, this is his first dip. So back off. And, and with Kai Havertz, we really don't know what we have yet. How how could it, how could you make a, a rational judgment after you know, what is it, x amount of games? Twelve matches in league or eleven matches in league? It's
1: it's not enough. He's twenty one yeah. too. He's 21. Fair rant, twenty one. Oh, Fair Twenty. I appreciate 20, right? that. rant. Twenty. Twenty. Twenty one. Whatever. He's, he's he's young. He recently but...
0: became a father too. He adopted a puppy while he had. A oh family. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but he was he was a father before. He had a pet donkey that he loved very much. Um, have you seen that? Is have that, you seen those that? pictures? No you, way. You've Especially never seen it. the picture?
2: I don't know if it's a pet donkey. He has a picture bro. with a donkey.
1: Bro, that that is his pet donkey. I swear to God. Oh, Look it up. He has He's posted huh. multiple pictures. He's, he's an animal lover. He's soft. Mm-hmm. He's tender. He's perfect, bro. But he's just I, out of form. Before, <laughs> he's perfect, bro.
2: Before we get out of like this match, can we give a shout-out to our fullbacks? Because I thought that Reese mm. James and, and Chilwell, I mean, they just – because we lost the game their work on the offensive side of the ball goes unnoticed I mean Chilwell got the assist Reese was flank- going up 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 all game I you can fault him maybe for the counter attack at the very end but I I think that our fullbacks they're they're top they're in contention both of them to be the top at their position in the Premier League
1: oh yeah say. Yeah. I, I
2: just wanted to make sure that this game wasn't all negative because I thought uh-huh. they were fantastic, and even Thiago
1: Silva. I,
0: Thiago I was, was really good too. And, yeah. and, and I actually thought for what for what it's worth, I thought Zuma was decent as well. I was going to say that, yeah. Our back you, line is at, not
2: at fault of this game is what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm including Mendy in that too because even on Podencia's shot, besides the fact that it was a laser, it, it did get deflected.
1: And also, let's ignore the fact that that should have been a goal kick. <laughs> that shouldn't even yeah, been. That came before, off a corner. The goal shouldn't have even counted. Yeah, that should. They call that a corner, but it clearly deflected off a Wolves player right before. And yeah. I saw that live, and then I saw the replay, and I'm like, "How do you not see that?" So that should that goal shouldn't have happened. Zuma, that chance. If that goes in, let's be real. This is a completely different podcast. We're not talking about you, what, you know the sky is falling, but you know it's it's I crazy. Like I like me some
0: Pedro Neto. You
1: you that like guy, it? That guy. Oh, yeah. That guy could play. No, I'm I, saying I I like didn't like him today, but as a player, <laughs> not today. Other than other than today, you like him. But I think
0: the last time I saw someone roast us
1: like that was probably Zaha, a few years <laughs> ago. All right, let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Champions League. So. Champions League draw, the round of sixteen, happened yesterday, and we drew Atletico Madrid in the round of sixteen. Um, uh, shoot, I wanted to pull up a list of all the possible teams we could have drew, but uh, I'll look it up right now. Um, but Zach, yeah, I mean, what... off the
2: top of our head, it was what? Le- uh, motion Gladbach, Leipzig, um, Barcelona, Porto. Porto.
1: And, and uh, Lazio,
2: I Lazio, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I think and those Atalanta. are the teams.
1: And Atalanta. Yeah, I think those are all the teams. So and, and the those... highest
2: percentage we had was the German teams because mm-hmm. of Bayern.
1: Yeah. Right. So, Andreas, what do you think about? I mean, it's 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 troubling to like ask how we're gonna look against them after these two <laughs> matches. But let's try to be as clear headed as possible. This when is yeah. this match even gonna happen? It's no, uh, we have time February... to we have
2: time to pick up form. We have time to pick up form. That's the good news.
1: Yeah, it's it's sometime in February, right?
2: Uh late January, early February, correct.
1: Yeah, so w- what do you think about the matchup and it's a uh, you know, it's actually the...
2: late February. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so it's so
0: showing our first I leg is actually February 23rd.
1: It's showing. Yeah. Yeah, so... so we play
0: the second weekend when the champions oh, okay. comes
1: back. Right, right, right. Yeah, 23rd. So, yeah, Andreas, what what do you think about as far as the other teams we could have drawn and just how we fare against them?
2: I mean, I think it's fair to say that this is probably the toughest draw that we could have gotten aside from, from Barcelona just because they have Messi. I think... I mean, I, I, I truly think there's no... There's no hiding at the round of 16 anymore. The only team that I would have said that I had... Zero worry about would have been Porto. I think it's two matches, so everyone plays up to the potential of their opponents. So even if we did draw Porto or a Lazio or motion Gladbach, it was it wouldn't be an easy ride. um I think Atletico will be tough just because we've seen now in back to back matches that if a team sits deep, we could struggle if we can't find a solution. But I also know that by February, we should be healthy. Cross our fingers. Knock, knock on wood. And also, the tra- transfer window would have already gone through. So, if there was a need for reinforcements in the in the eyes of Lampard and the board, hopefully, we get them by then. A so, fourth winger, perhaps? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm referencing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. This is not going to be a blowout. And if it is, man, thank you for proving me wrong, Chelsea. But – Can we beat Atletico Madrid? Yeah, we can. Their creativity is literally two players, and it's uh, Joao Felix and Luis Suarez. If you get guys to cancel those two out, they're pretty one-dimensional. Like Those are their two guys right now. They are the ones carrying this team to their table position and to the fact that they barely squeaked out of their group. So I think it's They have a
0: couple couple decent players
2: but they don't deploy them that way got, Simeone is the most we talk about Lampard yeah. potentially not getting the most out of his players Simeone I mean, looking, makes his like Carrasco look average he makes Saul not look like he could be world-class like coke who could who at one point was touted to be the next Xavi people forget that he's got that in his arsenal because just, they yeah, don't use them but, that
0: way but, but 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 I'm looking here Marco sirente four goals Angel Correa one goal five assists I mean, they got guys. They got guys that could hurt you. But, but, but my thing with Atletico is, we spent the last hour talking about how we can't create chances. Atletico have arguably the best back line in Europe. They only conceded four goals this season in eleven matches.
2: in so, their league, though, right? In their league, okay. In their league, Champions League, they Cha- barely. Champions
0: Yes, but but we mind you, this team could. could could buckle down. I mean, look, guys. I don't do. do I really have to convince everyone that how dangerous a Simeone team could possibly be in this kind That's of situation? Cool I mean, especially in the Champions League, where where they've been known to sort of. I mean, I know they didn't necessarily win it, but but they have quote unquote overachieved in it in years past. So, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's 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 a tough draw, but but I going into it, and when I woke up this morning and saw the news. My first reaction was very similar to kind of, to the one Frank had. I'm not comparing myself to Frank Lampard. Um, but yeah. it was kind of like, I mean, we got to play a good team eventually. Yeah. So, you know, it it, it is a Champions League. You got to beat the best to win it all. So, you know, seeing them early on is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and the fact that we don't play our first leg until late February, now that I'm thinking about it, that gives us – more than enough time to solidify you know our identity as a team and to get guys like Timo guys like Kai you know back up and running and guys like Cho and Ziyech healthy and even Pulisic to an extent so yeah it's I don't feel as good about it as if we drew like a Porto or you know a, a lesser side but then again you know we went there a couple of years ago and pulled out a result so anything could happen i I feel I feel good about it I don't feel terrible but I don't feel great I'm just kind of I'm just kind of cool with it If that makes I would have felt
1: sense. I would have felt great about it like five days ago <laughs> and now <laughs> I feel horrible it's crazy how five week days can about change it everything. I would have felt a
0: lot better yeah
1: yeah but yeah. I mean uh, well there's still so much to happen between now and uh in february so we'll have to revisit that a little bit closer to the match but let's get into some twitter questions um this first one comes from michael conan at mconan 1789 he says do you actually think timo will be better when he goes when he can go back to the nine being in a different spot doesn't necessarily change the fact that he misses absolute sitters and gives possession away nearly every time he touches the ball did I, did oh. I sort of, uh-huh. This is the reaction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go dibs.
2: On, dibs. Go on, dibs. Okay. So, again, we just spent time talking about this. When you play as a natural winger, think of Eden Hazard. He gets the ball to his feet, ball stops moving, and then you're asking him to create and play make for somebody else. As a nine, Timo Werner does not touch the ball 50, 60 times a game. He doesn't. And when he does touch it, The only thing in front of him should be the keeper and the goal. Is he going to miss some sitters? Yes. But if he gets at least five shots on the goal, two of them, let's say three of them are on target. One of them will be a goal. So it is a different moment. Like Jorginho touches the ball 300 times a game. That doesn't mean that Jorginho should play at striker because he's going to play the touch the ball 300 times at striker. It's different. So, Yes, it is going to be better for Timo to play at the nine. You're asking him to not play make. You're asking him to poach, which is what Sam was talking about. We talk about the fact that he's taking half the amount of shots from different positions. Mind you, he has to dribble past two people before he gets a shot off where he is right now versus just making the correct run and taking a shot before even letting the keeper set his feet. So yes, he will not give up possession because he's not asked to keep it. and he will score more because he will get actual high productive chances, not because he's a clinical finisher, but because he's getting himself in a position to finish. So, yes, I do think firmly that Timo would do better as a nine.
1: Zach?
0: Yeah, he will, be, he will be better as a 9. And for the reasons I said, because, you know, when you put him at Leipzig, he played in a similar role where he was just kind of free to feel the game out and, and, and choose what he wanted to do, whether that's dropping in as a false 9, running off the back shoulder, running at defenders with the ball at his feet, or getting on the end of things and just, like Andres is saying, just putting the finishing touches on moves. He's very versatile. Um, as a footballer and in terms of his skill set. So when you're putting him in the central area of the pitch, you're only expanding his capability. It, it's, it doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't be any better playing there considering that, yeah. you know, based on, our, based on the eye test and everything we've seen this season, his skill set points to him thriving there.
1: All right, this next question, I, I love, I absolutely adore this question. It's from Michael as well. He says we can't keep possession, and as much as I like Mount Kovacic and even Kai, does Frank need to recall the Barkley bus back into the station? Oh man, <laughs> don't get me excited, Michael. I mean, so if you can goodness. add, if you add, if you add Ross Barkley to this team, I mean, I think it's no doubt that we're we're contenders for <laughs> both the Premier League and the Champions League. Uh,
2: so the guy that's out for a couple months is the guy that we need to call back is he out i haven't been keeping yeah he popped his hammy
0: what he hasn't played for like three four weeks where have you been man
1: well that that explains their uh, villa's little cold run yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's i had no idea but that that explains everything um i guess i haven't been keeping my eyes on uh on ross as much as i said i would but i mean Uh, all jokes aside like, what do you oh, think about guys, recalling
0: Psalm, him? Psalm just, Psalm just basically admitted that he stepped off the Barkley bus. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs>
2: well, the, no, no of the, ba- the Barkley bus just hasn't come back to the bridge station. I, I it, don't, don't hate on Sam.
1: Yeah, but uh, I was but joking about uh, about the superlatives, but I'm not joking about Ross. <laughs> superlatives.
2: Yeah, I, the, okay. I, it's gonna come off like I'm shitting on on Michael, and Michael, my apologies, but I'm gonna look at what's in front of me. We lost the Wolves today. We outpossessed them. We lost to Everton today uh, this weekend. We outpossessed them seventy-two percent to twenty-eight percent. We drew Krasnodar. We outpossessed them sixty-four oh, to thirty-six percent. So I have no idea where this is coming from because we have the ball. <laughs> he just wants we Ross back. Can
1: you blame ball. him? Come on. Can you yeah. really blame hey, him? <laughs> Ross,
2: Ross is doing great in Aston Villa. And and if if Ross is what we need, are bigger? Are we have much bigger issues now? If you're if what you want is a <laughs> is a highlight tape from your from your midfield, then then we need to totally change how we go about playing because you're asking us to play a different style altogether. Yes, we would love for Kovacic to drill past five more people and Kai to do what he did at Leverkusen. Sure. But like Sam said 5 days ago, this question doesn't exist. We have been out possessing everyone and that is our identity. I think Leeds was the closest and we were outpossessed by like 3%, something along those lines. I I don't buy the we can't keep possession thing. I'm sorry. I, I'm not falling into, into that reaction just because we got countered twice today. <laughs> Zach.
0: E- easy, buddy. Are you, easy, are you buying buddy. a ticket? No, I am not. <laughs> oh, come on. You need a ticket to no. hop on the Barkley bus. Listen, I barely got on the damn Barkley bus, and then it fucking left. So, <laughs> no, uh, like, like right, right when we were starting to like Ross Barkley, boom, he gets alone. I know, unfortunate. It is very unfortunate, but yeah, um,
1: I was gonna what say I'm what Andre
0: said, but I was just gonna be a
1: lot nicer. Yeah, come on, be nice to Michael, okay? Like, I'm just yeah, upset,
2: man. Michael. I'm sorry, man. It's. <laughs> Chelsea just gets it out of me dude like it's i'm not trying to my frustrations aren't with you it's with chelsea because oh my God. it makes you think that we're not possessing because we're not doing anything with our possession right now so i i think i understand where where you were aiming your question at
1: i think what he said is it's not you it's me i think that's what he's trying to say <laughs> um it's to the, not either of them. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. Uh this one's from Super Saiyan Black at Black Emoji. He says, We can't beat Wolves after a two hundred million dollar and two hundred million pound investment. But for real though, if this season ends with us scrambling for a top four spot like the last one, how much faith can we really put in this project? How long are we supposed to accept barely qualifying oh. qualifying for the Champions League before we oh. see real progress, Zach? Oh, be nice, be nice, <laughs> oh, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> what is
0: this, guys? A two-game skid?
1: Three, if you want to count Krasnodar. Krasnodar.
0: It's a two-game skid. Um. It- Listen, there is no reason why we should be even entertaining this after – Let's pull the plug,
1: Zach. It's over. Frank out. Let's <laughs> sell all the young lads. Uh, uh, no.
2: Take 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 out the, the can't beat Wolves after $200 million investment because that is – No, 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 no. That is a uh, reaction here. That's a joke, yes, that's a joke uh, okay, obviously. Okay,
0: okay, it is a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's actually he's, – he's right. <laughs> but look – Even if this season ends ends up with us, you know, in a top four battle. I'm still not going to be any more deterred than I was before this season season started. Because even after we signed Timo and after we brought in Havertz and Ziyech and all those guys, I still didn't think we were going to win a title. Frank said earlier this week, um, when he was asked about Klopp's comments on saying Chelsea have the best squad, Frank laughed and at first I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know what? I kind of agree with Klopp. Like we do have a pretty sick team top to bottom, but (laughs) Frank responded and said, we don't have two strikers that score 30 goals a season. We don't have a team and a squad that stayed together and won the Premier League and the Champions League, like that that whole squad is still there, and and even Mourinho today said something really funny. He was talking about Tottenham about uh, Liverpool's injuries, and he's naming all the players yeah. that are healthy, and the only person that's really not available is Van Dyke for their next match, but that, that's another story but, <laughs> t- t- but 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 to my point <laughs> yeah, yeah, but to my point. We still don't have the best squad. Yes, we might have the deepest one, but does that mean we have the best one? And Frank hit, hit the nail on the head. We don't have 60 goals between two players. We, we just don't have those kind of capabilities. We don't have guys that have been there or done that yet. Even guys like Timo Werner, who's you know performed at a high level for the last three, four years running, hasn't really won anything you know guys like Kai Havertz still young all these young Chelsea players we haven't really won anything so to say that we have the best team and that we're the you know the, the far and away title favorites is it, it's completely ludicrous you know Liverpool have the same starting 11 they did their their title winning season and they even got better from their starting 11 when they won the Champions League so it's 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 an overreaction and and yes like i i completely understand where black emoji is coming from because it is frustrating and you know i did slack off today at work because i wanted to watch the match and i did waste my time so i'm angry (laughs) like everyone else but at the same time no we're not pulling the plug on this we're not questioning lampard's credentials as a manager we're not we're not doing any of this. We're, we're able to criticize. We're able to point out, you know, the clear faults and frailties of the team, just like we did today, but in a constructive way. And this is not it. This is the kind of, I don't know, lingo that makes football Twitter sort of toxic.
1: So, and I'm sure, and I'm sure that he, he, if he was asked, if he asked himself this question at the beginning of the season, he'd be like, oh, top four spot, that would be awesome. But as the season progressed, I'm sure his expectations were like. Yo, we could win it all this year, and it's, it's, now it's 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 a little different thinking about. Yeah,
2: it's it's think, still
0: all, it's still all love though. Black emoji, don't like that uh, like was It's
2: look, I I
0: didn't overreact as bad as Andres. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the listen uh,
2: this season, <laughs> like this season, it's it's tough to call top four because if we don't get five subs, we don't even know of the usual big six if more than two of them make the top four. Like we Same. could even miss out because Southampton gets a rest every six days. Lester gets a rest every six days. So it's things are very unbalanced. But to, to his question, I think this season it's allowed because of the pandemic to scramble for the top four. I think next season, after a full preseason, after a year of Frank having his quote-unquote team, that's when you can be angry if we scramble for top four. Because at that point, I don't think it's acceptable for us to not have it because at that point frank will have what he was referencing with klopp he'll have a core group of guys he'll have guys returning he'll have understanding he'll have chemistry between players so that's to to try to give you as best of an answer as possible i don't think this year you can complain for scraping into the top four but next season is when we can get really like angry yes yeah
1: all right let's go on to our last question this one's from Kiros Medvedev. Uh, Shout out to Kiros. He asks, not a Chelsea-related question, but can you guys spend some time on the pod shitting on Arsenal? Oh, (laughs) yes, we can. I mean, I already started, but, I mean, this squad... Did anybody
0: watch the match? Did anybody
1: see it? Why why would I want to waste my time watching a relegation battle, to be completely (laughs) honest? I mean, that's really what it was. I mean, Arsenal can't beat a team unless it's... Rapid Veen or Mold FC, FK or whatever the heck, <laughs> like teams I've never heard of, with like hilarious names. Mold Arsenal the, fans, that, that's Moldjar's
0: ex club. So
2: I'm be careful. What? Hey, be remember, careful. What do I care about
1: what 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 Gunnar thinks about me? What the hell? Remember,
2: what do, what do I care what he they thinks about they, me? They, they pulled the fast be out of a million. job in a week. What? <laughs> Remember oh, they, man. they thought they pulled a pass okay. on William and William had one shot on target.
1: <laughs> Dude, the first match of the season, he had four trick of
2: assists.
1: I think he yeah. had three or four assists. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And it was like, robbery. We, we got away with robbery, and I'm like, please just
0: oh, wait. God. Just wait. Three weeks like, in. <laughs> what does William do exactly? <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> oh, he let me tell you what he does. He benches their Greatest transfer of all time in Nicolas Pepe. The fact that a man with one shot on target is starting over their 72 million pound signing is hilarious. It is hilarious. Only a team like Arsenal can fuck that up so much. Did anybody scored? see
1: uh, Xhaka's uh, choke? Red. Uh, the red card? Yeah. Dude, the-, the funny thing Choka. is... I was talking to Arsenal fans about the match, obviously, just shitting on them because they – I mean, the the day before, I was getting so much shit from Arsenal fans about the Everton match, and I was just like, this is too easy, like – (laughs) <laughs> losing to Burnley yeah, and it, and all they said was the only good thing about this match is uh, that Jocka has to serve a three match ban. <laughs> that the only good <laughs> out, that was the only good positive Anybody see, out of this match
0: did anybody see I think it was it Patrice Evra he was telling that's
2: what I was going to try to yeah. find was Evra, it Patrice it, it, it
0: was, yeah Patrice Evra said something like I remember Henri invited me to his house to watch an Arsenal match I once found on it. Yeah, read it.
2: Thierry one day invited me to his house. He said, we're going to watch the Arsenal game. The first image we saw on the screen was Xhaka being captain. Thierry turned off the TV and said, I can't watch Xhaka be the captain of my team. <laughs> what? Bro, no, that's, that's amazing. Their go. This yeah, is that's their the goat. other thing. Like the, the other funny thing that came out was like recently, Arsenal posted in their magazine an article, and Xhaka had been interviewed, and he was talking about showing respect and dignity on the pitch and all this stuff. And then he gets oh, that red God. card. It the was the just... same
0: guy that told his fans to fuck off when he got a few yeah. booze right? Like, yep, same NC... guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm just happy to see uh, Aubameyang, you know, end his goal drought. Uh, he'd gone four Shit. matches without a goal and finally got one in. <laughs> so, yeah, so now he's, nice he's, he's see... negative
0: one on the season. I think I saw something that said he has – more uh more goals at the Emirates, more own goals at the Emirates than goals at the Emirates this season or something like that. Yeah. He has two goals but... this
1: season. Uh but I mean that that's he- just like if if you wanna have you know like a bad reaction and feel feel down about you know our big signings and Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, just realize that these guys, Arsenal, shelled out a lot of money to retain Aubameyang. And to buy v- William, they and- fired Gunnosaurus. And, and Ozil
0: had to be the one to bring him back. <laughs> they
1: fired Gunnosaurus and Ozil had to protect him and save they him. They announced
0: 50 you- furloughs, and one of them was their mascot. And then, the, like a week after, they announced a 55 million pound signing.
2: And That's, and yeah. to add to laughing matter, they're considering bringing Wenger back, the same guy that they couldn't wait to get rid of. <laughs> Be,
1: can you, that is would be trending. awesome. That'll
2: be
0: amazing. That that means so many will in. stay
2: in their team forever. Venger in is trending. That's all you need oh, to know about this fan. Oh my god. That would that, be, that,
1: that so, cannot that, be That cannot be Arsenal fan generated hashtag. That has to be like it is. other fans 100% trolling. It is. 100% look
2: up, it is. I, I invite you guys to look up Arsenal <laughs> fan TV on their yeah. Twitter. Hashtag VengerIn has been on their posts. I follow them for the reason that Zach and Tom mentioned, which is to laugh when we are down. And I swear I saw Vanger in this week. <laughs> and especially tomorrow when they lose to Southampton.
0: Kind oh, of my. going back to that Henri story, um, two things. One, you can't expect a guy who's named uh, after a rock to make very smart decisions on the pitch. Um and nice. two, wasn't wasn't Granite Shaka um supposedly like out? Was it wasn't he on his way out of the club like a year ago, and he's already captaining out of the club with the same manager, mind you? Didn't this happen during Arteta when he had that huge falling out with the fans and he told them to fuck off when he was getting subbed off the pitch and he had to do like this big public apology? You guys know what I'm talking about?
1: Sounds like sound a shit show. Complete. So I no, mean, that, that's definitely it, he, no, Arsenal. No,
0: no, 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 no. I invite our listeners to look it up. I think it was last season. No, or it could have it, it could have been under Emery before before uh, Arteta came in, but he had a huge falling out with the fans after that incident where he was getting booed off the pitch.
1: I'm saying and... I believe that happened because it's a shit yeah. show, and Arsenal yeah. is a shit show. So it makes Arsenal it makes a lot of sense. I feel re- I I mean I I can't say I feel bad for them. I mean this is this is probably one of the funniest seasons I've ever seen. And what, what being, I mean, okay. Do you think that,
2: <laughs> what has a higher of chance of happening?
1: It was a laugh. What, Whoa. what has a higher chance? What has a higher chance of happening? Chelsea winning the premier league or Arsenal getting relegated? Like, that's an I honest mean, question. I think they're, I out, think they're about still even.
2: Have the, I, th- I think we still have the better chance. <laughs> Are you? All jokes aside,
1: Arsenal's just one injury away.
2: I think it would be catastrophic if Arsenal gets relegated. I like. I We would have to spend a whole a season of not having Arsenal.
0: What do we do we, with we ourselves? Would, we would. We would dedicate a whole season of our podcast to only. Laughing. Fun it would it'll be, it would be, yeah, be, every week we'll
1: be, record a 40 minute podcast of us just laughing. Just
0: on a loop. That's it. And we'll just, we'll just drop those episodes every week. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be amazing. But I mean, speaking of London rivalries, guys, we do got West Ham coming up.
1: Yeah. Um, and the West Ham's been in a pretty, pretty good run of form late, lately, lately, um, coming off a win against Leeds.
0: They found their um, mojo,
1: man, because they yeah. signed
0: Chelsea transfer target ben rama
1: yeah and i I wish we signed him now that we have uh no wingers but they've had four wins in their last five matches um so i mean right now they're sitting what like one spot behind two points, us two, yeah. two points below us two points below us so they can they can leapfrog a, leapfrog us and they have a a game in hand also against us so uh that's uh I don't know. I mean, this is a must win, right? I mean, like, I don't know what, I don't know how I will react if we lose this one. Andreas, what do you think about this?
2: Uh, Right now I am praying to every deity or deity, I don't know how to say it, for Crystal Palace to get a, a win tomorrow because I do not want to see West Ham above us on the table going into the match this weekend. But nothing besides three points will be acceptable. Uh, This weekend we need to win it can be the ugliest one nil victory, but I will celebrate it as if we won seven nothing We need the three points, especially because liverpool and tottenham face off tomorrow so We need to stay as close to the top um As we can and west ham is the the first First of many games. We should be looking to win at all costs
0: I'm going to be slacking off at work tomorrow too for like another 90 minutes um this is a must win game. There's no other way to go about it. I think, I think it's also a test um, just to kind of see what kind of guts this team has, you know, what could they do in the face of adversity when it doesn't seem like we have any answers. Can we find an answer? Um, So I think the key in this game is not only getting a go ahead goal guys, but it's putting two or three uh, past uh, Fabianski because if this team wants their confidence back, that's exactly what needs to happen. So, Going into it, I don't feel confident. I'm not going to lie to you guys. If I were going to give my honest prediction, I wouldn't predict a win. But just for the sake of this podcast and the Chelsea spirit, um, I'm going to go 3 1. 3 1. Just for the Chelsea spirit. And my toes are definitely not crossed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Andreas? 2 0. I like that I clean sheet. I, I don't know what to do right now. Like I don't know. I don't know any other prediction besides three three. Um, this is like a very unfamiliar <laughs> position for me. Don't. Don't do it. I mean, it's worked. It's no, worked you, more than it hasn't worked. It needs, to, it be worked. It needs worked. to be retired.
0: Some, some. All when right. You go, when, when when you're when you're. What? When you're up, when you're up, you should cash out
1: that's all i'm saying all right i'm cashing out 2-2 draw this is my new this is my new (laughs) (laughs) and fuck you man zach watch us rip off like a 15 match unbeaten streak and if that
0: happens if that happens i'll be i'll be delighted
1: yeah zach and then you'll you'll also issue a formal apology to me yeah
0: yeah
1: cool if you if you
0: if you keep i'm not keeping track of it but if you keep track of it and that happens i will issue a formal apology
1: good it'll be a damn good frank if you're listening please i could use a lot of help in this (laughs) i need that (laughs) yeah right it'll be a huge um, ego boost i think i think the
0: bottom line is we need three more points um yeah that's all there is to say we just need three points guys so in case you're still listening um, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. We're also uh, very active on Instagram, uh, especially on match days at the same handle Romans Empire Pod. Um, and until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.